Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday here, post our advanced Metcon. So if you hear some intermittent coughing, it's just because I was pacing uh, at a breakneck uh, speed today. Tried to get uh, everything done. Once a week, I can still really go hard on the on the Metcon stuff. That's, you know, anything longer than, than five or ten minutes. It really does wipe me out, so... That's where I'm at this morning, but I did want to get you this episode out because I promised I would, and my homie uh, Travis Merritt had sent this over. He wrote this out in great detail, and it's just talking about as we get older, uh, getting fitter, and how I think sometimes people think you know early in your 20s is you know when the best years are behind you after that, and in terms of your fitness life, I don't believe that to be the case. Obviously, to quote uh, my homie BJ Gador, he'll say, you know, there's only so many fitness checks you can cash in your life. And I do believe that. However, I have seen people here as they've gotten older, become smarter, wiser, more tactical, really pick their spots. And they're able to get in way better shape in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and some people even into their 60s than they were at 21 years old. And so that's what uh, today's podcast will be about. I'm going to go as quickly as I can because I'm tired and I really just want to lay around and eat pizza and uh, cupcakes. Whether that happens or not, I don't know, but that's where my brain is uh, at the moment. But So we'll title this, you know, getting older, getting fitter or, or something to that like. But uh, again, uh, Travis sent me this and, and he's a gamer in terms of fitness, puts out a lot of really great written content. And so I'm going to kind of spit off of his base here. And so for all my people listening, most of you are obviously, you know, older than, you know, 20, 21 years old. For you who aren't, enjoy it, appreciate it. You have lifetimes left to live. You're going to fuck up a lot, make a lot of mistakes, and that's okay. Uh, You don't have to solve all the world's problems and know what you're quote unquote going to do uh, in the future or with your life right now because newsflash, none of us really know what's going on. Uh, Anyways, for you out there listening, does it feel like when you get into your 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know, as a gradual, you know, change being a guy who's an elder millennial, or I guess uh, probably outside that window now, your body does start to kind of slow down and kind of start crapping out, or at least you feel like things are slowing down, especially, you know, once you hit the milestones of 30, 35, 40, and obviously beyond that. Most of you out there listening, you, you played sports or you've been through the ringer. Maybe you've had some you know previous injuries, contact or not contact, where your knees and your ankles sound like somebody is you know popping bubble wrap at a, a rapid pace. And when you get up in the morning um, or maybe when it's cold, things can get worse. You hear a lot of creaking and just a lot of sounds in your joints that maybe didn't exist you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago and now you're in a different space of life. And instead of the massive, you know, alcohol hangovers where you, you wake up, you know, feeling like you slept in a dumpster, you have, you know, food hangovers, uh, little food babies and food comas that seem to last, you know, for one, two, maybe three days until your weight and your body kind of normalizes and you're digesting food and you're living properly. Or maybe some of you out there listening, um, it still is the alcohol hangovers. I know a, a decent number of people here who are, you know, 45, 46, 52, who still, uh, you know, to quote my man Prince, party like it's 1999. And again, respect, that's fine. But obviously, you don't bounce back quite as fast from bad food choices and bad drinking choices as you did when you were 21, 22, 23, compared to being 42, 43, and so on. So 
for you guys out there, when you try to work out and everything hurts and not in a, you know, a good way, everything seems to be harder than you remember it. And what's worse is, you know, nothing seems to be happening in terms of progress. You try to eat well, you try to work out, but it feels like no matter what you do, you are just fighting an ultimate uphill battle. And I'm here to tell you guys, your body isn't fighting against you, and you're not alone in this. Uh, I think it's a normal feeling for most people to feel that way, especially as you do get older and, and things start to change. And a side note here, I don't want to get lost. I can't do all the same stuff I used to do, or I'll put it this way. I can do almost everything I used to do. It's just a longer process now. Now, there'll come a day where I can't dunk a basketball. I don't know when that will be, uh, probably sooner than later. I figured it already would have happened by now, but I'm actually you know, relatively strong and, and relatively fit, and I can still dunk super easily. Now, there are certain dunks I cannot do anymore, like I can't reverse dunk anymore. I can't do the same dunks off of one leg I used to be able to do. I cannot dunk off my opposite leg anymore. I'm right-handed. So if you guys out there, I could, you know, a couple of dribbles, jump off my left leg and just cram it still. I can't do it off the right anymore just because it doesn't it doesn't have the strength it used to have and, and just some normal, you know, I'm a 36-year-old dude. Some life injury stuff is there. And back in the day, what used to happen is I would tie my shoes take a couple of jump shots, run through the layup line, and then I'm just, I'm slamming it like it's nobody's business. And now it's about a 15 minute process. And that's what I'm talking about here, where you feel like things just aren't as quick or as fluid as they used to be. The recovery is not quite there. You might just not have the same bounce or spring. And so obviously here at Jeremy Sky Fitness, we, we specialize in getting people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, shit, even their 60s into the best shape of their lives and learning new things and new skills. And over the years, we've seen people feel that they've peaked in their 20s. And I say feel as uh, a point of emphasis because it's not the truth. Um, It's actually quite far from the truth. We continuously see people who are willing to commit to changing their bodies uh, in terms of how they eat, how they sleep, how they train, their mobility, their recovery. They're, They're doing things a lot smarter. Those people tend to surpass anything that they scratch the surface on in their 20s. We see people peaking in their late 40s and even 50s as compared to what they were doing in their 20s. And I'm talking like people, there's people here today. We run through our Sydney Metcon group. There's a guy here, Jeff Little. Jeff's been here for a long time. And does he win the Metcons? No. If, if I can, Elbon comes in here, 26-year-old freak show, like he's going to obviously be faster than him. He's you know a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. He's you know 20-some years younger. I go, but Jeff is 50 or 51 years old, and he's the leanest I've ever seen him. He's been here for probably seven years. Him at 43, not even close to him at 51. Him at 51 would kick the shit out of him at 43, and I imagine him at 51 would beat the shit out of himself at age 30. And that's what I'm talking about here. I find that many of our people become stronger in their later years because they have a better handle on their body. They've listened. They're mature. They're not doing stupid things they don't have to do anymore. And in my opinion, they're just really starting to scratch the surface of their potential to get in amazing shape when they're 45, 50, 51, 52, 53, and beyond. Now, obviously, for some of us, things are going to happen, you know, for... For for myself, right? I'm you know I'm 36. When I was 
you know, 28, uh, I'm, I'm about the same. I, I'm bigger now. I'm actually leaner on average now. I think this is probably for me somewhere around, you know, the peak, and hopefully I can just hang on to this for as long as I can. So me at 56 probably won't be this, but who knows? But for you out there listening who you maybe don't love your body right now and you haven't made it your life and it isn't everything, you can be fitter as you get older. I promise you that. I need to, to say this. I have to pass along these tips and strategies to help you guys at least jumpstart the process or at least have a belief in yourself that you can start operating differently and you can become the best version of who you are in terms of how you look and move and feel even if you're 42, even if you're 51, even if you're 63, if you're not happy with where you're at today. And I'm going to list off a handful of things that are designed for more than just dropping pounds and some strategies that we use here with our members both in person and online to literally drop fat to gain muscle and look and move better than the person they were 10, 15, even 20 years ago in in some instances. And again, I'm talking an overall transformation of how your body looks and moves and feels. And on a side note for everybody out there listening, getting older is not a bad thing. I'll repeat it because some of you are like, what is he talking about? Getting older is not a bad thing. It's a privilege that tens of thousands and millions of people before you didn't get. So if you feel that way, you got to get out of your own head. You have to stop being your own worst enemy. Yes, you're going to get wrinklier. Yes, at some point, a couple things around your body are going to be softer and your hair might turn gray or might turn white. Or if you're like me, you'll be like Bruce Willis and you probably have no hair. But that's okay. It, you just have to appreciate yourself in the season that you're in. I'm never going to... My my baby face of 22 isn't going to be here anymore. I look like a grown-ass man now. And sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You look like you're 57 years old because I got bags under my eyes and you know you have wrinkles and stuff. And I just appreciate it. it, it it's who I am. You know, <clears throat> there's the Metcon cough. You just, you pick those things up along the way. But understand that, honestly, your life can be so much better in your late 30s, in your late 40s, in your late 50s, and beyond if you take care of yourself and you're smart about what you're doing. So the first thing is is mobility. You guys have to be mobile. What happens over the years is that when you try to work out afterward, you know, we don't feel sore and we don't have anky joints. Obviously, like, you know, when you're younger and as you age and you kind of move through things, You get sore a little bit longer, things start to kind of pop up and you have these little annoying, you know, aches and pains. And for a lot of you out there, it's not overtraining and overuse. Now, those of you who are guilty of it and you work out seven days a week hard as hell, well, yeah, that's your problem. But for many of us, the reasons why we have aching joints, it can happen, you know, for a myriad of reasons. It can be some, you know, traumatic contact injury, think like a car accident, you got hit playing football as you're growing up, like a super hard fall, you know, anything that's going to mess you up like a serious injury. But for most people, it's not that. It's because the muscles are too tight. And you're just not mobile enough to do the big exercises you have to do. So having, you know, achy joints and little things that are nagging in your body, whether it be knee, hip, ankle, elbow issues. Um, It it makes life harder. It zaps the energy out of you. Having little injuries that are holding you back can be very debilitating and it can be very deflating. But just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you have to live and move around in pain. That's why if you guys follow me on Instagram, I post mandatory mobility 
every single day. I'll post at least one snapshot of me doing typically an elevated pigeon stretch or some form of like hip glute opener just because that's how I like to start my routines or I build it into all my workouts if I'm just going to do acclimation sets to start. We build mobility into each and every workout here at Jeremy Scott Fitness. And every program we prescribe, we either do it in the before the workout, intro workout, or after the workout, or we throw it in somewhere. I think part of everybody's pre-workout routine should have some form of mobility built into it, or at least into the workout. Now, quick story, uh, over 10 years ago when we started this, I believe I was one of the only people in the area here doing foam rolling. I literally believe that. I never heard anybody else do it. I never saw a lot of it. Now, my friends in fitness, for sure, they would do it. Uh, but very few places, very few gyms. Still, when you go to this day, you go to some big box gyms, they have 25 treadmills and like two fucking foam rollers. Talk about a, a misappropriation of funds if there ever was one. A place has 20 treadmills and two foam rollers. That should be criminal. Like, you should have to pay a, a fitness fine for being so stupid to your members and not serving them and helping them. But that's a, a different side on altogether. Every fourth Friday in our group training, we used to do like a mandatory mobility Friday where it's not Metcon, it's not hit stuff, it's not Tabatas, we're not lifting, we're not loading. It literally every fourth Friday, we would do tissue work. We'd have a checklist of like 15 body parts. We'd show people how to foam roll. We'd walk through them. We'd do mobility drills. We have them work on the things that bother them. And then obviously walk them through, you know, how to roll your VMO, how to open up your T-spine. Very basic stuff. I think everybody should know. And our groups would go from at 6 a.m. We'd have 22 people. And on the mobility Friday, we'd have four people. At 8 a.m., we'd usually have 16 people. We'd have two people show up. And what people would tell me is, Jeremy, I don't need mobility. I just have to burn calories and exercise more. And I'm like, well, Susie, you're wrong because I'm watching you move and you're moving like a bag of shit. And this is actually what you need. I'm not prescribing it to push my opinion on you. I literally watch you move through space. You need mobility more than you need to burn 276 calories right now. But that was a battle we fight. This is a business. We have to give them what they want, also laced in with what we need. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll do it like we do little kids. Little kids hate vegetables. Chop them up, throw them in soup. Kids eat the vegetables. They think it's a great soup. That's what we do here with mobility. Instead of having a dedicated day to it, what we do is build it into the groups. So like tomorrow when they walk in here, they'll ride the assault bike hard for a minute. Then they'll do hip flossing. After that, they're going to ski for a minute and they'll go through inchworms and so on. That is how we've had to do it. So for you out there listening, some days you're just going to have to make mobility a priority. And if you can't dedicate time to that, build in five to 10 minutes every single day, get off social media or do it while you scroll social. Don't watch eight Netflix series, or if you're doing it, do mobility while you are doing it. I believe mobility has to be part of your life or some different version of soft tissue work. If it's foam rolling, uh, the barbell stuff, whatever you need to do to dig into the tissue, going and getting a massage, I think is also ideal. Um, I don't care if you guys want to go through a handful of, you know, flexibility, static stretching, any kind of movement patterns that you find you struggle with, you have to work on those areas. Um, and if you do, you're going to be able to move so much better and so much easier through bigger ranges of motion that are restriction-free and pain-free. What I recommend is do some tissue work or foam rolling with a lacrosse ball before, during, or after your workout. Or honestly, you guys, anytime you're willing to do it, 
just do it. That's why we throw so much stuff on our YouTube page. If you watch my IGTV, I share so much mobility work and tissue stuff for common injuries and things people have here because I do think it matters. I would exhaust every avenue I could if I was hurt and I did not feel good. And I think you guys should do the same thing. So, and again, for most of you, no more than five to 10 minutes a day focusing on the areas that are tight um, or the areas you're planning on working for the day. So you might not have to spend 10 minutes on your shoulders if you're going to be going to split squat and squat during the day. Obviously, spend times on the hamstrings, glutes, and the hips. Again, for a lot of you, anything is better than nothing. Spending three to five minutes doing just like world's greatest stretch uh, can be a complete game changer. And so, yes, adding in just a handful of minutes of mobility every single day. And again, it doesn't got to be your whole workout. Literally, five, ten minutes every single day for an entire year, you will move and feel like a different human being. And for a lot of you, you would feel... 5, 10, 15, some of you even 20 years younger if you would just commit to doing soft tissue work and mobility and maybe getting a massage, you know, once a month or once every other month, some deep tissue work uh, to really help you. Next thing on the list, you have to be smart about your recovery days. And if you guys out there aren't working out, you're just being a lazy ass. For you out there who are crushing it all the time, you can't do that when you're 40, 50, and 60. Some days you have to be willing to kind of, you know, Take your foot off the gas. The biggest difference between people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s versus the people who are in their teens and 20s isn't really just the age. It's the rate of recovery. And it's true. As you get older, recovery does slow down. And I don't think it's just because you're aging. It's probably due to the fact that you're accumulating like a giant history of not taking care of yourself and of self-abuse, of you know, sleeping less, stressing more, drinking more booze, eating more shit. And I'll, I'll dig into that in detail more later. But the point is you have to schedule days where you're addressing the recovery. Maybe it's a lighter workout. Maybe it's the mobility stuff. Maybe it's just you getting to sleep a little bit earlier or if you can sleep in a little bit later. Anything you can do to let the body actually heal itself. I personally meant for most people... You know, one to two days a week where you have lighter days um, and you're doing more mobility and more tissue work. And just, again, not burning the candle at both ends. And for a lot of people, I'll say this. This is my personal story. I was guilty of this for a long time. And the one thing I probably do still struggle with is trying to get enough quality sleep. But I have gotten way better in the past year alone. And what I do now is, and again, I used to always go into every workout and just try to murder myself. I'm going to try to kill myself, not to to failure, but you're doing, you know, either heavy load or a ton of volume. And I just would leave the workout completely trash. And it'd be hard for me to make phone calls to people. It's hard to return emails. It's hard to, to, to podcast or write or to do anything inspirational because you, you feel like you're you're dead. Like you've just kicked the shit out of yourself. Now, even if I felt good after the workout, what would usually happen is I wake up the next day super early and I'd come in here to work and as I'm keying in the door, I'm like, man, you feel like you got hit by a bus or even driving here sometimes. I'd be like, how am I even driving to work right now? Like I would feel so just like my body, my life. I feel like this is how I describe it. My life energy was gone. Like I felt like the workout from Tuesday, excuse me, had robbed me of Wednesday. So now my fitness is stealing my fitness. And as I've gotten older, at least probably the last, I would say, you know, 12 to 18 months specifically, I don't kill myself every workout. 
I do very diligent, very concise work. I'm very mindful of my rest times during the reps. If it's hypertrophy, I, I have myself on a clock. I'm training a certain way. I make light loads go a long way now. I'm not trying to deadlift 600 pounds anymore. I don't give a shit. I don't always have to pick up 100 pound dumbbells. I don't always have to push a sled at 500 pounds. I can make lighter loads go a lot further. I can save my joints while still attacking the tissue because I want to be doing this for the next 50 fucking years. Not just, you know, the next three years and look good for quote unquote Instagram or whatever the hell people care about these days. You don't have to kill yourself every workout. It's been one of the biggest rationalizations for me, like things that I, I truly understand and I can I can make less happen with like, I'll put it this way. I can get a lot more done with a lot less work at this point in my life. And it took me a while to mentally get to that place. So if you're a person guilty of that, you don't have to die every workout. You really just pick your spots and you listen to your body. And if you have a lot of other stresses going on in your life, just relax and chill. And yes, you want to work out hard and you want to crush it. And, and that's fine. But to keep working out hard to get the results that you want, you need to give your body some rest and you really have to pick your spots. And there's days where you can crush it and there's days where you're just going to go through the motions and maybe do less, but you're still consistently putting in that work. That's a game changer for a lot of people. The next one on the list, really fast, form overweight. Chasing quality reps and not just a clock. Again, this is geared towards dudes. Um, I'm sure there's women out there too who are guilty of this, but this is for a lot of dudes because we're dudes, we're stupid. Um, I'm sure you've heard it before, you know, that, you know, form trumps weight and yes, doing exercises correctly with proper form is going to do a lot more for your body than cranking out a bunch of shitty reps with a really, really heavy weight. But a lot of people in their thirties their forties and fifties forget this and they come back to what they used to do when they were 20, 21, 22, or what they used to do when they were quote unquote in college, or I used to be this strong. And the next thing you know, they're hurt and they're out for you know weeks or months or worse in some scenarios. And look, nobody gives a shit how much you lift unless you're lifting for a competition. Even most of those people are just in between injuries. So again, you're married to a certain number because you think it means something. And I, the example I give all the time is this, I, I'm super strong. Um, at every lift until my other friends come in here who are stronger on those lifts. And now I look like I've never trained before in my life. And what's the point? Nobody cares what you can bench. Nobody cares what you can squat or deadlift. It's irrelevant. Unless you really care about those things, and that's fine. But understand, like, there's a price you pay for that. Most of you listening, because you follow our stuff and what we do, you're just trying to look better, move better, and feel better. Do you guys care how much I can overhead press? No. Do you guys care how much I can deadlift? No, you don't. And it really doesn't matter either. You know, strength is, is relative and there's one rep maxes and there's volume maxes. There's a lot of ways to measure strength. And so obviously you guys lift heavy within reason, but you you don't need to just focus on moving the weight from point A to point B. Actually focus on feeling what muscles you're working and going through four ranges of motion. That's going to be the key. If you're not sure if you're doing an exercise correctly, you're probably not. And I would suggest you talk to a professional or reach out to somebody who can help you. Again, that's why we have people here. We, we start with low barrier entry exercises. We don't teach Olympic lifting at scale. We don't do a lot of, you know, crazy barbell work unless people have the base because I don't think it's necessary. Everyone is going to do certain exercises differently. Everybody's not going to squat the same way. Everybody's not going to push and pull the same way. You have to start understanding how your body works and what your body needs and how it moves and how it feels. Again, um, 
do you have to back squat? No, you don't. Again, I don't think there's certain things that everybody has to do. Like, do you have to barbell bench press? No. Um, I don't believe the average person does. It's the same. Again, I'm not going to bag on CrossFit here as an example, but why do you, unless you're going to do something to, for a competition, like you're in a CrossFit competition, why the hell would you ever have to overhead squat? Can somebody message me, shoot me a video, email me, tell me for what reason the average person would ever have to overhead squat? Because it puts their body, for most people who don't have the mobility, shitty ankle, crappy knee, horrible hip, they don't have shoulder flexion, and they don't have wrist mobility to basically perform the move with a PVC pipe, let alone with weight overhead. What good is going to come from average, you know, Bobby doing overhead squats for, you know, load or, you know, for reps or for time? And again, why would you have to do box jumps? Are you guys going to the NFL? Like you're at the NBA combine? Why would you have to do box jumps? And I'm not bagging on people who do these things, but it's risk reward, man. Like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Like you can run around your house with scissors in your hands, but eventually something bad is probably going to come from it. So again, you guys, if you're not sure you should be doing something, you, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And I promise you, if you focus on the quality reps and not the clock, and if you focus on form over the weight, you're going to drastically accelerate your results and you'll be in far less or no pain. Obviously, there's going to be muscle soreness and your your risk of injury is going to be cut down about 90%. Now, obviously, there's always free things that can happen, but exercise selection is crucial. And there's a lot of things that I used to do when I was 22 and 23 and 24 and 25 that I have zero fucking interest in doing now. Do I ever back squat? Once in a great while, sure, just to, to move through it. But I'm six foot two, uh, femur length, leg length. It's just not ideal for me. And I've gotten so much more out of lunging and split squatting and pushing a sled than I ever got out of back squatting. So therefore, I don't do it. I rarely barbell bench press. I, probably this year, I've probably done it twice. And the loads aren't super heavy. I don't think I'll ever go over 225 at this point. And for the most of the time, I'll probably just put like 185 on there and just rep it out. And it's part of a series. Because again, it doesn't matter what I can or can't bench press. I'm, I'm never going to be a great bench presser. My wingspan is like over six foot four. I'm not built for it. But again, if you see me with the shirt off, my chest and shoulders, you know, they speak for themselves. And again, most of you out there, that's what you're going for too. And I've always gotten way more out of barbell, or excuse me, dumbbell work than I ever got out of barbell work in terms of chest development and shoulder development. So again, on the same note, not all exercises have to be done. Uh, they just don't. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat. So if you guys are out there and instead of barbell squatting, you could try lunging, goblet squatting, all these different things. For a lot of you out there, you can just do bodyweight stuff to start. And again, if you can't do 100 bodyweight squats in a row, why would you ever have to put a barbell on your back? If you can't do you know, 15 bodyweight split squats per leg or some form of reverse lunging or forward lunging, like why would you ever do loaded front squats or overhead squats? Just food for thought. If you guys are out there, you can find a certain exercise that just feels right for you, then keep doing that. Or in, until you no longer are seeing the results you want, then you can mess with load and speed and tempo and things like that. One of the things that we do here uh, for our people and, and for everybody is we try to notice 
if a particular exercise just feels better um, or looks right for a certain person. And if they feel it's not great for them, we focus on something that can serve them better. We often say that everyone, you know, should, for the purpose of everything, know how to do certain things, but it doesn't mean that everybody should do it, if that makes sense. So some of the best, you know, for example, legs that I've ever seen built were not built solely on, on barbell squatting. For example, I, and I always use BJ Gadur because I've known BJ for a very long time, and he's literally, he, he built a base of, of a body, I guess, with barbell stuff, but shoot him a message and ask him the last time he did barbell deadlifts or barbell squats. I haven't seen it for years from him. And you're not going to meet a dude with, with sicker hamstrings. You just won't. So out there listening, you guys, you don't have to do certain exercises. If you were taught that, you just don't. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat and get the results that you want. Just realize that. Next thing, as you get older, your nutrition matters. 100%. Uh, even more than it did when you were younger. I think all of you realize that. Um, you can't get away with the same bullshit you used to pull when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That's the reality. Remember those days when you could, you know, skip a couple meals um, or maybe just not eat and you'd be right back to your quote unquote goal weight or the way that you looked? Shit's different now, huh? Yeah, I feel it too. I'm right there. Dude, we're all the same. Like, even if you have great genetics, like, time catches up to all of us. So now that you guys have, you know, the food hangovers and hopefully not the alcohol hangovers, but you know, most of us have graduated from, you know, drinking too much and feeling like shit to, uh, sugar comas and food babies, uh, if you will. Uh, and as we get older, we start to accumulate, you know, good and bad things on your body. And sometimes that can be, you know, food sensitivity, certain foods make us feel good, make us feel light, make us feel healthy, make us feel energized while others make us feel bloated, tired, grumpy and even can impact our sleep or you know we become a fart monster and we disgust our husbands or wives or kids or people who are around so you have to pay attention to how food makes you feel and yeah there's probably shit you could eat at 22 that you're not going to eat at 52 that's just that's life you you have to graduate through the phases you should feel good you should feel energized for several hours after eating food not like you want to take a nap and not bloated and gross and disgusting. And if that's the way you're feeling, you have to audit yourself and be mindful of that. A good rule of thumb is here with our people, eat real food. You hear me say it all the time. As close to natural and as you know unprocessed as possible, think like out in nature, how you would have done it like 150 years ago. You know, organic is cool if you can afford it or if you choose to do it. I don't think it's always necessary. And again, if you don't have options to eating healthy, real food, you're a smart adult. If you're listening to me at this point, you know what I would preach and what I would probably say. So make the best choice possible. And again, you don't have to overthink it. Many people, they make nutrition so complicated and way harder than it has to be. Again, I say it all the time. It's easy in theory. The application can be tough, but there's not a there's no tricks. There's no fads. There's no magic shit you're going to find. You have to focus on big food items the macros that matter, quality protein, healthy fats, and you fit in good carbohydrates when you need them. And don't put your focus on the quality of just what the food is always tasting like. It's not always going to be lobster mac and cheese from Mastro's. It's not always going to be your favorite ice cream. Like really healthy fit people can't eat that shit all the time. And sometimes it's not even about that. It's how it makes you feel. Who wants to feel like shit? Like, 
most of my, again, when I was younger, it was predicated on vanity. Why I was fit under the age of 27 was because I wanted to look a certain way because I wanted to be in the magazines and work with the brands and do all the shit that I got to do. It was vanity based driven. And again, yes, I wanted to be healthy and deep down that's what got me into it. But the vanity part would take over because I wanted to look a certain way. Now, after the age of probably 27, eight, dude, I just don't want to feel like shit. I care so much about how I feel every single day because if I don't feel good, I'm not inspired. I'm not motivated. I can't talk to people and help people and give them my best. And I'm just, I'm not fun to be around. I I struggle through the day and I don't want to do that. So listen to me when I say this, your nutrition is going to take some active thinking every single day from you. It's something you're going to have to manage and be mindful of 24, seven, 365. And that's okay. At least until you retain legit, good, healthy habits. And when you make those things part of your lifestyle, that's when things become easier. And when it just becomes who you are, when you come, what I like to say is you become a fitness person, you become a healthy person, and you're going to end up looking and feeling and moving way better than you did in your 20s because you're doing it from the inside out. You're trying to feel a certain way. And and again, the crazy thing is, is if you eat to feel good and you get quality sleep and you don't stress and you train right, the byproduct is you end up looking like a rock star. That's where the secret lies, you guys. When it becomes your lifestyle, that is when you're really winning. Next thing on my list, quickly, your blood work and your hormones. You, you got to get your hormones checked, man. You just do. Um, I would say every six months. If worst case scenario, get a physical every single year and do a full blood panel. But if you can, every six months would be, you know, the ideal, I think, you know. You have to do it before it's too late. Long before any diseases or major issues, you know, show up in your body. I think you guys have to do that. And for you listening out there, it's like, well, Jeremy, that seems excessive. I'm like, here's how it can help you guys lose weight. If you see that your blood sugar is getting high and uh, you want it to come, you know, back to normal range, it's a good indicator that what you're doing eating-wise and training-wise isn't working. With lower blood sugar, you are making better food choices. Combine that with exercise, you're going to see the numbers drop on the scale. So for a lot of you out there, some of these poor choices you're making, they can show up on blood work and you can speak with a physician. They can help you do things and get back into normal ranges. For us of you out there who are aging, when I talk about hormones, and we've had <clears throat> Dr. Evans on here talking about testosterone, if your T is super low, a doctor can help you kind of map out a plan of lifestyle changes in terms of eating and sleeping and training or possibly medication or TRT or some replacement that can help with fat loss that can help with energy. And the list is really endless like that. Having a healthy blood work panel and a a hormone panel is like having a GPS. It's like having a compass. It makes sure you're going in the right direction. Plus when the inside of your body is healthy, like I mentioned, The byproduct is you start to look like a sexy beast on the outside. Next note for you guys out there listening. Again, not you diehard people who train like crazy every single day. Those of you who are sedentary and are busy with kids and work and travel, you got to move more. You just do. Um, You're not as active as you think you are. And you're probably not as active as you were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now, we may think we're active. But, and again, mental activity is real and it is draining, but 
most people don't move nearly enough every single day. And I think we overlook the importance of just the basic stuff of like, I don't know, walking 10, 20, 30 minutes per day, every single day for the next 30 days. If you're listening out there and you're not doing that right now, go walk every day for at least 20 or 30 minutes every single day. Put this podcast on, start from episode number one, whatever that was that I did, and listen to me ramble on for 20, 30 minutes every single day. Or pick somebody else who's far more uh, charismatic and and funnier and smarter and better looking than me and listen to them. I don't really care. Um, It doesn't have to be just a workout. A brisk walk, walking your dog, doing yard work for 20, 30 minutes every single day is a huge game changer, you guys. And again, it can be very therapeutic as well. The cool thing is, is what you're doing here is you're just moving your body through space and sweating a little bit and getting your heart rate slightly up. And you're going to see results so fast if you do that paired with your normal workout activity and your sleeping and proper eating. And obviously as a result, you know, of us getting older, our bodies are, you know, like sponges for activity. You're going to notice the difference quickly of how you feel and how you look by just adding again, the compound effect of that is so real. Doing 30 minutes of activity for a handful of days is like, wow, I just worked out for two and a half, three extra hours this week. And all you did was walk and listen to a podcast and educate yourself. Activity benefits everybody, but you see the radical changes as you guys get older because you're not doing what you used to do in your 20s. You're probably not part of the same sports leagues. You're not going to high school practice or college practice and all the things that you used to do. And again, Each one of these points I'm kind of running through here could be its own podcast or its own article or its own blog post. Um, And again, I'm happy to talk about this more in detail for a lot of you guys, but if you'll take each one of the things I listed here and apply it to your day-to-day life, you're going to soon start to to feel and move and you're going to understand the difference and you're going to realize that it really is possible to be much, much healthier all around in your 40s, 50s, and shit, even into your 60s than it was in your 20s because you're doing it from a place of health. You're doing it from the inside out. It's not just vanity driven. It's not just crash dieting or not eating and just over-exercising. You're doing it for the long haul. And if you put these pieces into play consistently, that's exactly who you can be. I am by far the fittest version of myself that I've ever been. Now, am I in you know, basketball shape? No, I'm not in college basketball shape. I'm not doing that stuff every single day. My joints probably couldn't take the pounding. I'm heavier now because there's so much more muscle tissue on my body. But overall, I sleep way better than I've ever slept. I'm more mindful of my rest and my activity. I pick my spots a lot better now. My eating is in a different realm. I used to be, you know, borderline, you know, obviously binge drinking, you know, addicted to alcohol and tobacco and all the things I was doing back then that were not serving me. I don't do any of that shit now. I'm in complete control and I'm auditing everything. And it's like I it's like I run my business here. I audit the things that are working and the things that aren't working, where I need to spend more time, effort, energy. And I'm not doing it just because I want to look like this. I want to feel good. And yeah, there's things I do here in my training. Obviously, I'm different than you guys. And we're all similar, but obviously, I do this for work. And I'm still on camera a lot. And would I choose to sit here and do this many split squats per week and lunges? No, I wouldn't. I'd rather just go shoot hoops or go for a walk or just go play sports or, or do something with my wife, go kick a soccer ball, something that's fun. I like I like activity and sports and competing in, in, in a safer space where I'm not trying to kill myself anymore and I don't want to 
you know, show up to a pickup basketball league and like, you know, turn into, you know, my version of Kobe and Michael and try to murder everybody. That's not what I'm about anymore. I mean, it's who I am deep down, but I, I don't want to be that person. I just want to, I just play and just move through space. So I might spend more time doing shoulder work or bicep work or quad work or hamstring work because I want to look a certain way. But everything else in my life is geared towards me just feeling a certain way. And I know there's things I could do here to my body that would make it look maybe a little bit better, but at the cost of everything else. And that's not healthy to me. I don't want my fitness to steal my fitness. And I'm not willing to accept. I'm like, and and again, I'll sidetrack here and I'm going to finish up and let you guys go. I remember like when I first moved here 10, 11 years ago. And, or even before that, I was training and there was guys like, how old are you? And I'm like, well, I'm 24. And they said, oh shit, wait till you're 30, you know, or wait till you're my age, wait till you're 35. And I'm like, I would hear that stuff. And I'm like, well, now I'm 36 asshole. And what I'm leaner and I'm bigger and I'm stronger and I'm better overall. So what? Like, I'm not going to accept and, and, and people would, it's, it's weird because people will say it to you, oh, just wait till you get my age. I'm like, well, clearly you don't know anything about me. Because we ain't built the same, homie. Mentally, we're not in the same space. And physically, we're not either. I'm not willing to let the, oh, I'm older now. I just have to be a bag of shit happen in my life. Because I don't accept that. And you guys don't have to either. You have to be smarter, sure. You have to do everything we listed on this podcast episode. But you don't have to just take it as it comes and be like, oh, I'm 60 now. I can't work out. Like My mom's like 60 years old. One of the fittest 60-year-old people you ever meet. And that's a conscious choice. Will she get some injuries now? For sure. Will she be a little bit sore for longer? For sure. You're 60. You get 60 years on the earth that, that you got to do a lot of cool shit until there'll be things that happen, but she can still train. She can still do mobility. She can still hike and bike and swim and do fun stuff and eat right and take care of herself, and she can be fit when she's 65. She can be fit when she's 73. It's just you don't have to let things go. You have to be smarter. You have to be more diligent as you get older. You can't get away with as much shit and be as reckless, but there's no reason if you're listening to me right now and you're 41, you're 52, you're 59, you're 37, you can't be just as fit, if not fitter, overall, inside and out, as you were at 22, 23, 24, and 25. I truly do believe that because I've seen it here. I saw it for women first here, way before I ever saw it in men. I would see women in here who are 47 beating the shit out of the girls who were 24. And now I see it with the dudes. And so I've lived through it here for years. And if you do things the right way and you follow what we outlined, I promise you guys can do it as well. So getting older is not a death sentence. It is. It should not be sad. It should not depress you. It is a privilege. Many people don't get. And it's a gift and it's a blessing that you are here and you can do a lot of stuff. And yeah, when you're 49, you might not look the same way you looked when you were 28, but you can look really fucking good for 49. And to me, honestly, the older I get, the more impressive it is because it is harder to do. It sets you apart. When you're super fit at 54, you're an anomaly. You're a unicorn. You're a fucking freak show. When you're super fit at 23 and you have abs, super cool, bro. You're 23. You should be super fit. Like, it's just, it's, it's what happens at 23. It's like, you're 17. Well, we're all pretty fit and trim at 17. Like, when you're 37, it's a little bit harder. It just gets more impressive as every year goes on, and you just get that much smarter. And you take care of yourself that much better. And the reason you'll win is because you're doing it from the inside, from the health standpoint, out. As you start to feel better, you start to move better, 
and the byproduct is you start to look better. And once you realize that, it's like momentum, it's compound interest. It's once you can see $100,000 in your 401k, it's pretty inspiring. But once you can see 200000 then it starts to compound and grow. And then it's like, wow, I like the way this feels and looks. I can see where this is going. Same thing with your fitness, you guys. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Just my quick rant that my homie Travis had sent over that I thought was super cool. Um, and I wanted to share with all of you guys, because I think a lot of the listeners, you guys can relate to it. Obviously, we're all going to get bumps and bruises and nicks and battle scars and wounds as we go through life. And that's just part of it. But um, if you're smart about your training, you can be fit, you know, until the day that you leave the planet. And I, and I truly do believe that. So anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a message, hit me up. I'm happy to record if I can speak on it. If you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five star. Leave a comment. Just whatever your honest thoughts are about us and what we do, I truly would appreciate it. And if you think this can help anybody who is aging and is kind of down on themselves or doesn't think they can do it or they don't have a belief in it or they feel like they're not the athlete that they used to be, um, this can help them. It really can. And again, I, I say this one last time. In the last 12 to 18 months when I've really realized that I can get even fitter and be healthier and happier as I get older. My best, you know, years aren't behind me regardless of what anybody thinks or believes. I really do think that and I'm just, I'm way smarter now and I can get a lot out of my body with a lot less damage and a lot less abuse. And that's the beauty of being older is you do become smarter and uh, you just have to learn from the mistakes and just keep it moving forward. So sleep well, you know, eat good food and, uh, program responsibly and do the things that are going to serve your body and do what works best for you. And you guys will be right there as well. So until next time, eat well, train hard. Oh, hold on. I forgot something. I have our 50 days of fitness challenge is coming up. So I know if you guys are listening at this point, you're the diehards. And so you will appreciate this. So we are doing our 50 days of fitness challenge here coming up. It starts on November 11th. That is about 50 days until the end of the year. So our goal is to get you guys to not lose all the progress you put in over the last 50 days of, uh, excuse me, over the first, obviously, about 300 days of 2019. So we're doing the 50 days of fitness challenge where we share a bunch of prescribed workouts, all the stuff that I'm going to be doing. We give you like a holiday survival guide. We put you in a private Facebook group. We coach you. I share all the stuff we're doing here in-house, just a really good accountability group with a lot of people who are trying to just, you know, kind of head into 2020 uh, full of momentum and not, you know, feel the holiday hangover and gain, you know, the five, seven, 10 pounds of shit weight and just, you know, the abuse people go through over the holidays. We want to make, you know, typically people, they travel more, they move less, they eat more. We want to kind of reverse that, still have fun and pick your spots. And we talk about that in the program, but If you're a podcast listener and you want to do our 50 Days of Fitness Challenge, the online version is 99 bucks. But we are giving you a discount on that if you listen to the podcast. So if you guys are interested, shoot me a message. I will send you the podcast discount code for our 50 Days of Fitness Challenge if you want to join me. And you can do it from anywhere in the world. As long as you have internet access, you can join us and kick ass with me the last 50 Days of 2019. We'll make it very, very affordable for you guys and something just fun. Um, to roll into the new year with. So if you're interested in our 50 Days of Fitness Challenge, shoot me a message. I will share the podcast code with you. Hit me up on Instagram, send me an email, Facebook, wherever you want to, and I will reply. We'll give that to you guys. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon.
Peace.